O tēnā tātou katoa, e hui mai nei i tēnei rā, uh, ata. Uh, greetings to you all that have gathered here this morning. Um, Hare mai and welcome to Raranga Tuku Iho, Toho Toho Fifi Orite, Dual Heritage Shared Future. And before we get underway with the web conference, we'll begin with a karakia. Unihia te pō, te pō whirimārama. Tomakia te ao, te ao whatitangata. Tata ki runga, tata ki raro, tata ahorau. Aumie, kie, I'm Andrew the Learns Field Trip Teacher and it's just gone 9.15am on Tuesday, the 10th of September. And it's great to have you all at my place in Kitty Kitty because that's where I'm conducting the web conference from this morning. So it's a little bit strange because I've never done a web conference from home this morning. I'm starting here. Um, before I catch up with the rest of the team later on this morning. Um, quite wet at the moment. In fact, I've just taken my wife to the airport who's going to the Netherlands. So hopefully she gets out in time to catch her flight later on tonight. She doesn't want to catch a bus to Auckland. Anyway, we've got some friends with us this morning. And I noticed there's um, Korora in the background with our expert, Kate Martin. So it's great to see... Korora there, and there's Eddie the Feel, my field trip ambassador. Lamington, uh, I keep forgetting where Lamington, that's right, Kohia Terrace School, and this might be a familiar face for our speaking school. It's Casey the Kia. Casey the Kia from, uh, from, and I always get this school mixed up too, so many schools. Um, Help me out, Barry. Waikawa <laughs> Bay. Waikawa Bay. Gosh, there's been so many bays and beaches and that sort of thing this week that I'm I'm getting getting quite a quite a bit confused. I've learned a lot of new names this week too of different areas in Tepefarangi, the Bay of Islands. So um do forgive me. Okay, look, it's um it's great to have you all our listening schools and our speaking school this morning. Um, now, we've also got our expert this morning who's coming in remotely, which is Kate Martin. So, Kate is uh, from, she, she works at Russell Museum, Te, taong, uh, te Whare Taonga o Kororareka, and she's a wealth of knowledge about history in the Bay of Islands. So, we're very grateful that uh, Kate could join us this morning. So what we're going to do is get underway with our questions. We've got just the formal speaking school part for the web conference today because this web conference is followed by the Te Reo Māori web conference. So there won't be any extra questions for the chat pod. So let's get underway with your first question, please. From Waikawa Bay School, of course. Kia ora. My name is Anna Rose and I am wondering how long the endeavour stayed in the Bay of Islands. So we just need Kate unmuted. Great work you're doing. Oh. That's Am all. I talking now? Yes, we can hear you now, Kate. Oh, <laughs> Kia ora Waikawa. You look beautiful and I love that you're doing this, um, this work in your classroom. How long did the, the endeavour stay in the Bay of Islands? They arrived on the 29th of November, 1769, and left on the 5th of December, so just less than a week. 
Right. Thank you very much. Good to get us underway. And you'll be able to find out later what uh, Cook and his crew did during that time they were here in the Bay of Islands. It's a very interesting story. Thank you very much. Uh, Waikawa Bay will have question number two, please. Morning. My name is um, Xavier, and I would like to know why the crew of it never shot at the locals, and how did they feel about that? Mm, question. Oh, kia ora, Xavier. What a horrible question to answer. Yes, the Endeavour crew did shoot at Māori. They shot at Māori a couple of times. The first time they shot because they thought one of the Māori boys in a waka beside the ship was stealing the buoy that was the floating marker for their anchor. The Endeavour shot not to kill, but to frighten them off. That didn't work. So they shot to wound. What did the Endeavour think of that? The Endeavour crew thought it worked because they let go of the boy and the, and the thing that was really important to their anchor was saved. What did Maori think of that? Not a lot. Their blood had been shed and what they thought had been a gift given to them was not. So they were very confused and a little bit concerned. But they'd been watching other people get gifts which we'll talk about in a minute. So they were puzzled. The second time that the Endeavour shot at Māori was on the same day, not long afterwards, because that happened when the Endeavour was putting its anchor down. And when the anchor was down and the ship was ship's shape, Cook, Banks, Solander, and some of the Marines, soldiers on board, went on shore. And of course, if you come into a marae or a new people turn up into the Māori world, they are challenged with a wero, a haka. And then once they've worked out whether they're coming in friendship or not, then Māori know what to do. Trouble is, the Endeavour crew didn't know what to do and the haka looked really scary to them. It still looks scary to us today and we know what it is. You watch all of those rugby teams face the All Blacks. Captain Cook and his mates had no idea what this was about. They were scared. So we've got misunderstanding between Māori and the English who are on that shore. And as the widow, the third person came forward with his tayaha, one of the English crew a scientist on board fired his gun because he was so scared and this guy was coming up so close. So a young Maori rangatira called Te Koko was shot in the leg. What did the British think of that? Captain Cook didn't like it. He told his people to try and prove they were there in peace. And what did Maori think of it? Bloodshed, mayhem, somebody of senior rangatira tanga shot and the rituals of encounter disrupted. You'll have lots to talk about after this. <laughs> There's lots of lots of questions. It's a it's a very fascinating story. Thanks for your questions, Xavier. And I'm sure it will pose quite a few questions because one thing we want to do um, during Tour Two Fifty is is learn from things in the past, from uh, mistakes from interactions that perhaps went wrong. Think about that and then think about how we can, how we can uh, go forward when we meet new people in the future. 
that might be from a different culture. So, um, so lots of things to think about. Okay, we'll move on to question three now, please, Waikawa Bay. I'm going Kia to keep saying Waikawa Bay, so it gets in my head. Kia ora, my name is Toby, and I would like to know if Captain Cook gained the trust of the locals, and if so, how did he do this? Ooh, kia ora, Toby. Captain Cook spent a whole week in the Bay of Islands and all the 90 people on board his ship stayed in the Bay of Islands and they went all over the place. They visited islands and the mainland and they were not hurt. So how did that happen after all of the violence and bloodshed on the very first meetings? It's interesting because Captain Cook was trying to show the natives that he didn't want to hurt them. He didn't use musket balls. He told his crew to use musket shot, which means people get hurt but not killed. He also got hold of a couple of his crew members who went into a Maori garden and stole kumara, and he was really angry with them, so he had them flogged. And now you have to think about what flogging on a ship was like. Horrible. But did Captain Cook get the trust of Māori? Or was it Tupaya? You've heard about him? The Tahitian navigator on board. He knew the same language that Māori spoke. He came from the same island in the Pacific, Hawaii, where the Māori in the Bay of Islands came from. So when these Māori here in the Bay met the Endeavour, they didn't think to talk to Captain Cook or anybody else. They wanted to talk to Tupaya. And they took Tupaya away for four days. They went together to a marae inland, and they talked and they discussed things and they worked out how they related to each other. And Tupaya was the peacemaker. Hoho Terongo. He made peace between the Māori in the Bay of Islands and the Endeavour. So while Captain Cook and all of his people are going around the bay doing what they did, they couldn't understand, they didn't even ask, note that, they didn't ask why they were, felt perfectly safe. Mm. But they were perfectly safe because Tupaya had got the trust of the Māori. Does that make sense? Yep, no, that's a great answer. And, and again, another fascinating part of the tale of just, just seven days, but um, a really, you know, quite a critical seven days in terms of, um, in terms of our history. And, and again, as I say, lessons we can learn from that, even though it's 250 years ago. I wonder how much we have improved on that. <laughs> their room to go well good questions i'm sure like kate said plenty to talk about but that brings us to question for this morning please wakawa bay Koto, my name is mai and i would like to know if there were things given from maori and if so what has happened to these things oh tēnā koe. Oh, great question. Another good one. Māori did give gifts, but
but they were not given to Captain Cook or any of the crew of the Endeavour. They gave gifts to Tupaya as part of the peacemaking. Tupaya comes from Rayatea, Polynesia. Maori, these Maori in the north came from Rayatea, and they too were Polynesian. And their traditions might have changed a little bit over the centuries, but they understood what they did and how they spoke. And they knew that once, once the peace was made, you seal it with giving gifts. Do you do that ever when you've made a mistake? If you've upset your mum, do you give her a bunch of flowers? Maybe you should. <laughs> so when you come into our story, you'll find that the young man who'd been shot on the beach to Coco gave Tupaya one of his most, two of his most important taonga, a niho parawa, a whalebone tooth, and his heru, his comb. So talk about the significance of those taonga, what they mean, and how they go back to, as gifts that are personal to, Sorry, my computer's playing up. Is yours all right? Sorry, Kate. No, that's that's fine. We're just, I think Barry's just trying to find the school that's got their microphone on to mute, which means you might be getting a bit of echo. Ah, but they heard me all right or not? Yeah, yeah we, we heard okay. you. So, yep, considering, considering the value of those gifts and what they meant. Yeah. And that they are very personal gifts mm. too that mm. Tococo has had as on his own body and his own head, really, really tapu gifts. Absolutely, so some a lot of significance in that, which shows um, a lot in part the um, the, the the status that uh, Tupai had amongst amongst the people there. Okay, great stuff, Waikawa Bay. We'll keep moving along. Um, we're up to question number five. Sure. Morena, my name is Pandora, and my group would like to know if there were guns traded and what happened to these. We would also like to know how the locals used them. How the locals, sorry, that last bit? How, how the locals yeah. used the guns. How the locals used the guns. If they were traded. Laura, that's a really good question. But this is the very first time that firearms, muskets are being used, and pistols and cannon are being used in New Zealand, ever. This is the first time ever that Maori in the Bay of Islands saw or heard them. And they'd asked lots of questions about them. They particularly inquired about the difference between the shot and the musket balls. But no, the Endeavour people did not give them any of those firearms. And Mari didn't ask for any that we know of at that point. But it gave them lots to talk about and lots to think about for the next few encounters with other Europeans. Mm. Yeah, it'd certainly make you very weary, wouldn't it? Because um, it was uh, <clears throat> a little while later, what, two or three years, I think, Kate, when the Frenchman, Marion de France, also arrived in the Bay. I think so too. The other thing that is an interesting discussion for you, all of your classes is that the people in the Bay of Islands already knew that the ship and these strange people were on their way. On the Endeavour, P 
people are recording everything they see, they're making drawings, they're making notebooks, they're scientists, they're watching and observing. And all along the coasts at night, they see lights and they just think it's villages. They don't realize there's signaling happening. And in the daytime, there are smoke signals from headland to headland. And anybody know what a putatara is? The conch shell. So messages are being sent by signaling as well as by people running or going fast in wakas to tell the next people and their relations, hey, this is really interesting, what's going on? Great, thanks Kate and thanks Pandora. Um, we'll try and speed things along a bit because um, we've got our Te Reo Māori conference following um, in just over 10 minutes. So we're up to question six. Um, kia ora, te and my question is how do the Europeans and Māori communicate and get what they needed? Oh, kia ora. They communicated like we do by waving our arms around and pointing <laughs> when you can't use the language of somebody else. But the main thing that the people on the Endeavour did was use Tupaya as the interpreter. So this, we always go back to Tupaya, this person who had a bit of understanding of the of the English and a lot of understanding of the Māori. So he was the main communicator. But basically, he disappeared with most of the Māori and the other Māori who were left behind deliberately to keep an eye on the Endeavour crew were just observing, but they weren't interfering with the crew. And, the, and that's all written in the Endeavour journals. And the Endeavour journals don't understand that, that these people are being are watching them very carefully to report back and analyse later, just in the same way that everybody on the Endeavour is writing, drawing, talking about what they are seeing and understanding to take back to London and their people. Does that help? That's great. Thanks, Kate. Another great question, Waikawa Bay. Uh, up to question seven now. Doing a great job. Morning, Coleridge, Ohio. I am wondering if any of the people that Cook met come on board the endeavour. If not, why? Oh, kia ora. Yes, some of the people did go on board the endeavour, and in fact, the first people before the, while the endeavour was actually anchoring, was a great chief called Tapua, and he took his two children, Patuone was eight years old, and Tari, Patoni was a boy, Tari was a girl, I got it wrong, Tari was a girl and she was eight years old, Patoni the boy was five years old, and they went on board because they'd been talking with Tapua, shouting to the ship backwards and forwards, and when they went on board, because Tapua had given Tupaya some beautiful fish they'd been catching, Captain Cook gave Tapua a beautiful gift of a big red piece of cloth, soft and new and unused. And he gave them some salt pork, which Tari and Patuoni ate, and they loved it. So that was a good exchange. That was a different group of Maori than the next lot who the Endeavour start shooting at. Can you understand that? So we've got two lots at least, of Māori who are related but are different uh, hapu. Do you know that word? So different 
clans or tribes and what you've got is the English think they're all one lot of people. You might be all together in one classroom, but that doesn't mean you're all the same family, does it? Yeah. Right. No, that's great. Thanks, Kate. Yep. So, um, it, it was was it because they were being were, were, were different hapu coming down, <coughs> kind of following the endeavour down to meet, kind of meet them at one point when they when they anchored. Yeah, yeah. The Bay of Islands is a big piece of water and lots of coast. So, and everybody on the land can see what's happening on the water if you stand up on the beach or up on a headland. So when you see all of these walkers going in one direction, you go, where are they going? Then you see this great big strange ship with its sails coming in as well. And you go, hey, I'm going to go and join that lot and find out what's going on. Hmm. All right, it's a fascinating story. Um, what we do is move on. So um, I'm sorry to cut it kind of short, but um, we've got question number eight. Kia ora, my name is Bennett, and I'm wondering what did Captain Cook and Glasses Banks learn from the locals? Ooh, what did he learn? What did they learn from the locals? Yeah. There's no record of them sitting down with the locals and listening to the locals to actually realize that they could, if they could communicate, they might learn more by talking to the locals. But what they did learn is as they went to different places exploring the bay, they found a, a tohunga tamoko, a tattoo artist, an expert in tattooing. And they talked with him a little bit but they, could, they didn't ask him questions. They just looked at his tools and they went, hey, we've just been to Tahiti and these are exactly the same tools that they use in Tahiti. And then they went to another place and they found that Maori were making the most amazingly humongous fishing nets, much bigger than the nets that they knew on their ship. Humongous fishing nets. Uh, what else did they do? They found that in the Maori gardens, there were plants that they had seen in Tahiti, like Aote, which is the mulberry that the Pacific people make tapa out of. They found goods and kumara, but they didn't seem to ask or think, we know these are the same plants as in Tahiti, but are they native plants to New Zealand? They didn't ask that question. And if they had, what would the answer be? The Maori tupuna brought those plants from Raiatea, where Tupaya came from, and from other places in the Pacific. So the endeavour, Captain Cook and Joseph Banks learnt lots and lots, but they might have learnt to ask more questions than just use their own way of inquiry. More good lessons. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for that question, Bennett. Uh, we'll move on now to question number nine. Koe Thomas I would like to know how did the visit to the Bay of Islands help Cook in his map making? Mm. Cook and his map making, he was incorrigible. That's a word that means he will not stop. He loves doing it. And so when he's in the bay, firstly, 
the map making is about sounding, working at how deep the water is. So how safe is it for the endeavor to go? How close they can go to the land and where can they safely anchor? And then they get their longboats to go ashore. And for the longboats to go ashore, they do more sounding to find out how deep the water is. And when they find out how deep the water is, they also find out what's on the bottom of the water, whether it's sand or pebbles or rock, because then they'll know where the bigger ship can go. So they went on to quite a few of the different islands in the bay. They went on to the mainland and lots of different places. And every time they did that, they did these soundings, finding out how deep the water was. So they mapped the depths of the water as well as the coastline. So they're doing mapping, looking at the horizons, which is close or far away. And they did mapping of the bottom of the water. And that really helped James Cook. He said, this is a really good anchorage place with lots of safe anchors because of all the deep water and all of the islands sheltering from the winds in the Pacific. So the mapping that he did in the bay was really important. That's great. Thank you, uh, Thomas, for that question. It probably, um, because of that information, uh, that was probably, would that be correct in saying that that was um, uh, part of the reason why um, Europeans continued to visit the bay and you know, after Cook's visit? It was part of it, but of all of the reasons, it's right on the trade winds and currents of the Pacific. It's of all the harbours in the north, it's got a big wide open safe entry. Our other harbours are dangerous to get into. And also the whales follow the trade winds and the currents. So the, the Europeans are following all of those things. And then you look at us on the map of the Pacific, we're in a good stopping off point between Australia and South America. So it's a really good place to be if you're if you're a sailor, whether you're Polynesian or European. Well, that brings us to our final question this morning from Waikawa Bay, number ten. Thanks. Nordina, my name is Keely, and I wondered if there was more than one opportunity to meet. Did Captain Cook meet Bay of Islands locals again at another time? Oh, Tenakwe. We're really sorry that he didn't come back again. <laughs> the 1769, that one week, was his first voyage around New Zealand, and we know he came back two more times, but at no other time did he come into the Bay of Islands. So that was the only time he met the people here and made, and all the people on the endeavour, not just Captain Cook, made their descriptions of what it was like here. Hold on. Well, I would like to extend my thanks once again to Kate, Kate Martin, for your fantastic answers this morning. You've helped paint uh, an amazing picture of both seven days uh, of first interactions between Māori and Europeans here in uh, Te Pauwharangi, Bay of Islands. It's a fascinating story and you'll be able to watch videos tomorrow um, where Kate talks more about this topic. And thank you very much to Waikawa Bay for your questions. Without your fantastic questions, you wouldn't get the answers. So you've done a great job coming up with those. And you've really got a lot to think about in terms of the, the whole theme of, of first encounters.
um, thinking about our dual heritage and shared future. Um, you can watch the videos from yesterday, today on the website and have a read of uh, our Tiano and Mayan's diaries. And um, I hope you can join us on the web conference tomorrow morning. So we will leave you now and Tiano will now be conducting his web conference in Te Reo Māori. I think, Barry, you need to um, shut down and come back in. Correct. But and we need to unmute everybody for a big goodbye. That's right. So Namahi Nui, and that brings our web conference to an end. Barry will now unmute you to scream out a big Taki Te Aono. Bye, big boys. Thanks everybody. Thank you very much, Kate. Hope you